Support for the Get in the Hole podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Guys, you want the best clubs in your bag when you're hitting the course, and you want the best men's grooming tools you possibly can have when you're shaving your balls. And that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped just like how your elite clubs don't make you shank the ball off the tee. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower, and one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming, just like your putting game. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology, which is about as quickly as Bryson DeChambeau's tee-offs with his driver, Travel. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code USP at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. That's right. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code USP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code USP. S-P. recap episode of get in the hole presented by underground sports philadelphia i'm joined by kyle bennett to talk about the 2020 masters the november masters as it'll probably forever be remembered that is true what a masters it was we it was uh it seemed like every day had a different storyline uh but the one constant was the winner and before we get to the winner shout out to our incredible sponsors Tomahawk Shades, head over to TomahawkShades.com, type in the promo code USP at checkout. You're going to get 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com. Rock those sunglasses while you're out on the golf course, playing top golf, or, you know, just chilling around playing some 2K21, PGA Tour 2K21. You need those blue light plus glasses. They've got you covered. TomahawkShades.com, promo code USP. You're going to get 25% off. And then all orders $75 and over qualify for free shipping. And then, of course, the Getting the Whole podcast, we, we, we got a little help from our friends over at Manscaped. It seems like Augusta National was using the Lawnmower 3.0 to keep those greens absolutely incredible and in immaculate shape all weekend long. But support for the Get in the Hole podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. And that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months 
perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. The third generation trimmer from Manscaped features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. And when I tell you guys this is premium, I mean premium because the battery is going to last you up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower, and one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology, and let's not forget about that handy-dandy charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you guys are checking us out right now for this master's recap of the Get in the Hole podcast, I want you to experience the Manscaped experience for yourself firsthand. Go trim that junk of yours, get out of the rough, and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code USP at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. That's right, get 20% off and free shipping with the code USP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code USP. Shout out Manscaped. What a Masters though, man. It was from start to finish. It was just a, a spectacle in and of itself. The November Masters, the foliage lived up to the hype. Uh <laughs> I was I was pumped. Like I was locked in all week uh you know from Thursday to Sunday. And the one constant was Dustin Johnson just could not be touched. He was just on a roll, finished with a brand-new Masters record of uh, minus 20 in 2020, and he just dominated from start to finish. He was, like, on another level from what we've seen Dustin Johnson do in his past championship performances. This was just, like, a whole new level of Dustin Johnson unlocked. Yeah, I'd agree with that. He was just, I mean, he was on point all week. Uh, the, <clears throat> sorry, for Thursday, Friday, the weekend too. And going into Sunday, I think some people were like, well, DJ kind of has a history here. He, he's led going into Sunday or he's been in a position where he could strike. And sometimes I think the pressure's got to him and that's definitely a fair criticism. Um, but he just, he came out Sunday, was not going to give it up. I think he went either three or four under um, to get to that 20 number. And it was just, that was some of the best golf I think I've ever seen played. He just, every part of his game was just lights out. Um, the mental game especially is, is what seems to be what separates people who are going to win the Masters from people who finish T2. Um, it's just that mental game. So, I mean, he so happy for the guy. I mean, he's been there so many times. He talked about just what a Masters means to him, to his family. So that was great to see. His caddies, his brother, which was awesome when they embraced on the, uh, on the 72nd hole. His wife or girlfriend, whatever Pauline is, Tim was there. Uh, just a cool scene for them. Um, but the, the golf alone lived up to the hype. He he capped off. Well, I guess this is technically a new season, but he's been playing well all all of 2020, and this was a pretty good way to end that for him. Um, honestly, I think a, a bigger storyline for me is is Bryson finishing at like two under for the week. Yeah, and I mean, you called it on our preview show where. If there was one guy that was going to struggle, it was going to be Bryson because of the weather. And those first couple days, man, it was looking rough for Bryson yeah. early on. And for him to salvage, you know, just such a an off weekend for himself, I think uh, just speaks to his talent alone. But you, you nailed it right on the head. If there was somebody that was going to struggle, it was going to be Bryson with the, his style of play combined with just the, you know, mother nature coming into play. Yeah, that definitely hurt him. I mean, it kind of makes those comments he made last week about uh, him playing Augusta as like a par 68. Those seem kind of funny, just <laughs> considering how, how much he did struggle. Um, that was It was so weird. He's He did say he was feeling under the weather, which I would usually chalk up to just a guy giving an excuse, but he did seem like just different out there. Um, there was one hole specifically on either Thursday or Friday where he hit it into the bushes and then hit his provisional into the water. And that just seems like something that he's such a calculated guy that he doesn't seem like someone who would risk having to take a penalty and then going again and risking another penalty. So he, he did seem to be off um, all week, but that was interesting to see. 
I said he could struggle because of the weather. I honestly thought that was like a 2% chance that he's going to tear the place up. I think everyone thought that, especially how soft it played. Um, it, it was going to be a long, a long guy off the tee to win it. And that's what ended up being DJ one of the longest out there. Um, I mean, you look at the leaderboard, the top 10, you have DJ, JT, Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, Kepka, all guys that bombed the ball. So it definitely played to them this week just because they weren't getting any rollout. It was all carry. And um, that kind of lifted them there. Yeah. And I think you look, like you said, looking at the top 10, you have those guys and then the rest of the top 10, just a lot of unfamiliar names that. Yeah. Perfect opportunity for you to burst onto the scene and get your name heard and known is at the masters. And, that's pretty much half of the top 10. For sure. And then that just, so depending on where you finish, it, it gets you an invite for next year, which is awesome. Uh, some of those guys we might not have seen compete before that are going to get a chance to go next year. It'd be pretty sweet. Um, another guy, a guy who doesn't need that uh, exemption is Bernard Langer. The, uh, the old timer out there finished at three under um, driving at like 260 and still managed, managed to make the cut and finish T29. It's pretty damn impressive for uh, a guy that age. Yeah, and I think, you know, you look at even some of the guys in here, uh, I think the most notable one was, was Dylan Fratelli, who's 71st in the PGA Tour world ranking, and he finishes tied for fifth, uh, obviously went even in the final round, but to go out and, and hit minus 11 at the Masters and nobody knowing really who Dylan Fratelli was coming into this, unless you're, you know, a hardcore golf junkie, the casuals had no idea, but you're watching this guy just go out and absolutely, you know, torch the field, and he finishes one back of, of Justin Thomas. Yeah, that that's pretty sweet to see. Um, another guy that I brought up earlier in the top ten finished T five, Rory McIlroy, a guy I I think I mentioned on the last show. Just every Thursday of big tournaments, he just he seems to be so nervous and just be off his game. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, he lights the place up. Finished at 11 under it. Granted, if he had played a little bit better, it probably wouldn't have got him to that win. But it's entirely possible. I mean, call it a six-shot difference that day, maybe, if he finishes under par. He's right there. He's three off the lead. I was really rooting for him. I've always wanted him to get that that green jacket and complete the Grand Slam. Um, he'll have another chance in a few months, which is strange to say that well, next major is a Masters, um, which is definitely weird, but definitely welcomed. Maybe it'll be Rory's time. Um, I thought this could be it. The uh, this strange master is newly a father. Maybe that gave him some sort of mental clarity and perspective. But it was not. It's not as weak. Um, but I mean, anyone could have called it struggle Thursday, and then just go low wet th- uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's his. Uh, that's just his. That's him. Um, and what a way for him to bounce back too. Like I know. It, it was he, looking bleak for Rory after that first day. And then he just came out guns blazing Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like you said, and to finish tied for fifth after the start he had, where a lot of people were questioning if he was even going to make the cut the way he played that exactly. first day. That's a, I mean, in and of itself, sure, it's not, you know, putting the green jacket on, but for Rory, that's got to be a win to show that he's able to bounce back like that. Um, and he even talked about it, you know, when he finished his final round and said, you know, he was out there a little bit nervous and, uh, could he have played with a little less jitters? Absolutely. But now that, you know, it's, it's done and over with, he was, he was happy with the way that he played. Yeah. Um, again, rooting for the guy in April. Um, another way too early kind of prediction here, JT, he's played the masters. I think this might've been his fourth or fifth year, but every year he, he seems to get better there. Finished uh, fourth in the field this week at 12 under. So just climbing getting used to the course. I think within the next two years, I, I'd say we'd probably see JT win at Augusta, get that green jacket. The guy's just a force to be reckoned with. And he see every year, I think every year his score has gotten better, um, which I'm not sure you always see. So seems to be getting more used to it, getting getting the reps in there. So JT next two years to win the Masters is a bet I would take today. And that was a guy that we said on the preview pod, because of the way he's played this year, could struggle in this one. Um, but for him to go out and you know finish minus 12, sitting at fourth alone by himself I think that's you know just like you said it's showing that he's getting more comfortable at Augusta and you know he'll get another crack at it in in five months so that'll be really interesting to see especially with how close in time uh he'll have from playing Augusta essentially in back-to-back 
events to see how he kind of attacks it. And I think the cool thing was, you know, now that the Masters happened here and it's going to happen again in April, I think guys have more of a, you know, sense about how they're going to approach, you know, their game in April since it is much closer than it normally would be from an April to April. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's definitely, um, that's definitely probably valid. Speaking of struggling, got to mention the guy, Tiger, um, looks pretty spotty for the first three days. He, he was up and down, which to be expected, it's, it's a weird year. He hasn't gotten a ton of reps in. Um, but you think he's always going to be there at Augusta was playing pretty well until Sunday at the back when he shot a 10 on a par three, which very relatable hashtag relatable, which is not something you always see out of tiger. Um, but like three balls in the water, which we've all been there, I think, uh, except for him, that was his first 10 on the PGA tour, which not entirely surprising. The guy's the greatest golf to ever play the game, but just funny to see a 10 on the scorecard. And then after that, he goes five birdies in six holes. So it's like completely brushed it off. Yeah. Well, like what the hell, dude, you just made a 10. You're going to go five birdies. I make a 10. I go five triples. Um, Right. But it it just, for some reason, it seems to have freed him up in, in what his game plan was. It, he, it seemed like there was less pressure on him, at at least from my perspective to, to go five birdies in six holes, some of which are the hardest hole, some of the hardest holes in golf. It's just crazy to me. I know the guy knows the course better than anyone, but you almost think, is he putting too much pressure on himself there at this point? Like, Hey, I don't obviously know the half of any of what he thinks, but five birdies in six holes is ridiculous for anyone, even him at Augusta. Um, so maybe, maybe he takes that as a, as a positive, like, Hey, maybe if I just, if I let myself think a little freer, like go into the week thinking, Hey, I just made a 10. It's not all this pressure's not on me. I don't know. I, he just seemed freer after that, personally. I don't know what your thought on that is. Yeah, it was like something like got lifted off of his shoulders. It was like one of those things where, you know, I feel like almost everyone has like a, a downhole, not to that extent, yeah. obviously, but like it was one of those things where it was like he kind of just got like all of his bad shots out in one hole, and unfortunately it cost him because up going into Sunday, like he was he was right in the, you know, the thick of things and, and was playing extremely well. Um, and like you said, he recovers, you know, on the back nine, but, uh, it was one of those weird things where it was, you know, it's, it's 2020, uh, and we finally saw like one of those odd instances for Tiger Woods that I don't think we'll ever see that again. No, I don't think so either. But you think like, I'm just stuck on going five birdies in six holes after making a 10. It just seems like that shifted something in him to like, think to just, play a little bit freer to maybe take some risks that he might not usually, I, I don't know. But I mean, if he made par on that hole and then went five birdies, he would have finished top 10. He would have yeah. finished at either nine or 10 under. So it, I don't know. It's another weird thing, but maybe it was like he looked in the perspective mirror. slightly. It yeah. was like he, he hit yeah. the 10 and then it was like, yo bud, what, what are we doing here? Like, let's get our, let's get our act together and let's figure this out. And that's exactly what he did. You know, he, he kind of just, like, took a slap in the face, and it kind of woke up, you know, the Tiger we saw the entire weekend again. It was like he kind of fell asleep at the wheel almost. Yeah. Well, <laughs> good one. Um, wouldn't be the first time. Very true. Uh, um, crap. Complete brain fart right there. I, I had uh... – I don't know. He he seemed to have a good attitude about it, which I think is is it's new. Different for I think, him. Yeah, yeah. I think a few years ago, prior to maybe winning the Masters, maybe twenty eighteen ish around there, I think he would have maybe blown up a little bit more. He seems. I think. I mean, a lot of people have commented on this. He just seems more gracious and kind of grateful that he that he's still able to play, and that, mm-hmm. that's awesome to see. Um, I think winning the Masters it, last year did that for him. It was like one of those things where like he won again and it was like, wow, I don't know if I'll ever get back to like a pinnacle like this and be able to, you know, bask in this glory and celebrate something like this. So I got to take, you know, every opportunity I get with a grain of salt and I got to be able to, you know, be appreciative of the opportunities that I have to play at this high level still. 
for sure. I mean, during during his down periods, um, kind of what we mentioned with that OUI or DUI or whatever it was, and not to blame him, anyone would probably be similar. He just always seemed to be secretive, not secretive, but just frustrated with mm-hmm. himself, with golf, with everything. Um, and now we see this guy that's always always smiling. He's joking around with the media, which is awesome to see. We never really saw that side of Tiger, so I'm very happy for that. Um, love seeing that. Yeah, and speaking of Tiger, too, and we'll get back into more Masters talk, but on Thursday, they, they drop a, a nice little bomb on us that uh, HBO oh, yeah. doing a, a two-part Tiger documentary, which I That's think gonna is sick. going to be incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I think it comes out next year. Let's, uh... yeah, I believe it's uh, 2021. Not exactly sure when. Um, but the fact that we're going to get kind of an in-depth look at young Tiger – and kind of like get more of his story of like upbringing and and kind of you know what has led us to Tiger current day is super yeah. exciting because you know when you think about you know the the greatest of all time athletes just across the board Tiger Woods is always in that conversation got to be yeah i can never get enough of Tiger Woods history there there was a book that came out a few years back just called Tiger Woods absolutely incredible it really just dives pretty deep into his upbringing his time in high school playing golf his time at stanford playing golf and then early years in the professional uh and pga tour and stuff just it's just fascinating to read uh, i mean everything about the guy it's just must read must watch must see um the book really does a great job anyone i would recommend reading it if you follow golf in the slightest um just the way the guy trained and just how competitive he was and still is it's just it makes once you read that you'll understand exactly why he's won 82 times in 15 majors it just it makes a lot of sense um yeah just a fascinating guy i not much more to it yeah he just draws eyes no matter what seeing him you know in the clubhouse after putting the green jacket on dustin johnson too it was like he enjoyed that moment i think just as much you know as winning last year it was one of those things where that was one of dustin johnson's like childhood you know goals and aspirations was to win the masters and potentially have tiger woods put the jacket on him and i think tiger soaked that moment in for himself too because it was one of those things where you know he was helping uh, a fellow competitor you know live out his dream and and being part of that i think tiger basked in that glory just as much as as winning the masters uh which i thought was pretty cool because the whole time he was all smiles he was enjoying you know, the conversation that was going on uh, in the clubhouse. And I think that was a, a really cool thing. I couldn't take my eyes off of just watching how pumped and excited Tiger was for Dustin Johnson to win. Yeah, awesome to see. Uh, more on Tiger because just has to be talked about. Exactly. The uh, a- the amateur that got paired with him Thursday, Friday, Andy Ogletree finished low aim at the Masters, which huge honor. Uh, kid's 22 years old, which is a little bit depressing considering I'm 23. Um, <laughs> and he just finished. 200 at the Masters. I, I can't imagine playing your first Masters at Augusta with Tiger Woods. I like just any of those statements alone. First time at the Masters, you're an amateur, and you get paired with the greatest golfer of all time, who is notoriously just like it's hard to play with him. A- everyone talks about it. It's like you're giving up stro- you're giving up strokes when you get paired with him, just because of him, because of the crowds, which weren't there this week, but. He just has a presence about him that I think seems to scare some people. And this kid came out, shot two under his first time at Augusta, twenty two years old. I think he's gonna have a bright future on tour if he's if he's playing that well that early with that pressure. Yeah, I mean to to even put like yourself in a twenty two year old's shoes, like obviously, you know, I'm five years removed from being twenty two, but just thinking about myself at twenty two, I, I could never imagine. Let a you know let alone playing with Tiger, but just being at the Masters in and of itself, and then going two under at Augusta, one of the most prestigious golf courses of all time, it's one of those things that it's just you you have that it factor. No matter if this kid goes on to play on the tour or not, that's something that he's going to remember for the rest of his life, and it's something that he's going to you know be able to talk about. Like, hey, you know, I played at Augusta with Tiger Woods, and I, sh- I shot two under at, you know, one of the most historical and, and prestigious golf clubs in the world. For sure. 
just super cool to see. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't, it's just tough to even think about. And this is like one of the first times, I guess, where it's kind of been like that, where you're like looking at people younger than you doing shit, at least for me, 23. I, I guess it happened a few years ago with people getting drafted into hockey, whatever. But this, this really puts things in perspective. It's just crazy. Um, so that was awesome. Super, super pumped for the guy. Hopefully he has a bright career on tour. Um, yeah. I wish there were bets because obviously we made our, our picks and shout out, shout out to uh, Steven Schneider, our, our PGA tour streamer on twitch.tv slash underground sports PHI. He said on stream on Wednesday, I believe uh, Dustin Johnson was his winner and he got that. I wish I would have bet the mortgage on that one. Um, but I wish there were bets on, on guys that you could pick to struggle um, because obviously uh, Bryson didn't do too hot, obviously finished, you know, decently, but, but struggled for Bryson standards that we've come to know him for this year. But I, I said Bubba Watson was not going to have a great weekend and uh, he, he locked that one in on Sunday, finishing <laughs> plus six and then plus four overall. Um, but right in front of him, I don't know how you would, would perceive this one or not since, you know, he's like we said, he's kind of that tweener. Phil Mickelson finishes tied for 55th uh, at plus three. How do you feel about Phil's performance this weekend? See, he he was under par. He was at at least five under at some point mm-hmm. on either, I think it was Saturday. So to see him finish three over or one over, I, I forget. Uh, one to over, finish three over just, yeah. It just seems so strange that, I mean, kind of like Tiger, he's getting old kind of hard to put together four good days of golf, especially at a course like this with weird conditions. Um, yeah. I, again, he's struggling to compete in the majors and on the PGA tour dominating the senior tour. Like we said, he's just, there's not a great place for him right now. Um, struggled to the U S open struggled here, had some highlights here. He did. He, mm-hmm. he was driving it. Well, he had a quote that he was driving it like a stallion, which is one of the funniest things I think <laughs> I've heard. Um, Confirm, Phil yeah. Mickelson, big Mustang guy. Yeah, so not super surprising to see him struggle. He, he struggled in big tournaments this year. Um, it sucks. I mean, one of my favorite golfers, so much personality there. Um, great career. But, yeah, like we said last week, he's just too good for the senior tour and just seeming to struggle a little bit too much in the PGA Tour. So see how that goes. Um, I'd expect to see a little bit more of him on the senior tour. A little bit less than the PGA Tour. Obviously, still going to play the majors because why not if you can? Exactly. Um, yeah. Some of the young guys, uh, Morikawa didn't have the greatest weekend. Finished even. Um, finished tied for forty fourth. Uh, Jordan Spieth finished tied for forty sixth. He finished one over, and then Matthew Wolf didn't even make the cut, which kind of surprised me. Yeah, I mean. Especially with how I, well he played on Thursday. Yeah, I, I kind of brought it up last week that it just seems there's so much pressure on this place just because it's kind of the one, I'd say between there and probably St. Andrews, this is the one place where guys are like thinking when they're growing up and playing, they put so much pressure on it. They're like, hey, when I get to Augusta, I have to play well because it's really the only place where there's a set tournament. Um, kind of rotates every year for everything else, so you don't really think about it as much, I think. DJ was talking about it. He said, when I was practicing short putts or hitting seven irons, it was always on 18 to win the Masters. Um, there's a reason for that, and with that comes pressure. I think some of these younger guys, like you said, Morikawa finishing even is pretty good. Um, Wolf sucks to make the cup, but I, I think that had to have played into it, just that you dream for so long of playing at this prestigious course at the arguably the greatest tournament there is. There's going to be pressure associated. Um so weird from weird from Wolf. We saw him at the U.S. Open, sort of not crumble under the pressure, but it seemed to get to him a little bit. Um, obviously, hard when you're playing with Bryson and he's just bombing it. But again, here I, I think it was a big pressure issue. So yeah. uh, interesting to see where that goes from here. Definitely, and and hopefully he rebounds because I think we both agree he's one of the bright young stars in the game, and I think he's going to continue to you know shine. Uh, and another guy we talked about on the preview show who kind of just, you know, went par for the course, no pun intended, finished tied for 29th, Ricky Fowler. Finished minus three, 
just kind of did Ricky Fowler things was was in it the whole time and and just kind of you know perused his way through the course but didn't really you know shine throughout the entire tournament yeah and I Ricky I, I feel like I have a lot of favorite guys Ricky's one of them great personality seems like a great down and dirt dude I so badly want him to win a major at some point he's just he seems to be there a lot he really wasn't this week t29 middle of the pack um at some point i just feel like it has to happen at some point it'll all fall into place he can get hot super quickly um as most of these guys can so hope's looking up for him i guess to take the way of positive you finish minus three get a pretty good paycheck um <laughs> <laughs> how do we feel about the overall you know top 10 finishers you know obviously uh, Dustin Johnson finishing first, but, you know, looking at the rest of the field that finished in the top 10, we talked about Rory. Um, but I mean, overall, I think it was a, a pretty interesting field of the top 10. Um, cool to see Brooks Kepka finish in the top 10 as well, finished in the top seven tied with, uh, the hole in one master, John Rahm and CT Pon. Um, but overall, I think the you know we we kind of touched on the top ten a little bit. But what were your thoughts overall, and who who did end up finishing in the top ten? Yeah, pretty solid top ten there. Um, I, I we mentioned I mentioned JT earlier. He keeps climbing up that leaderboard. At some point, he's just gonna he's gonna put it together and finish at that one spot. Same with Kepka. I mean, he, he drives it too well and is just too consistent most of the time for it to not happen. Uh, so I think JT Kepka in the next like five years, I think we we see both of them win win a major uh, a Masters rather. Um, moving down, you got former champion Patrick Reed, not not always the fan favorite, but finished at nine under. I I think it just it's evidence that like you win there, you just kind of have it under your belt at some point. Granted, you have a guy like Bubba Watson who's won there twice, did not play his best, but. Um, Patrick Reed grows. He, he, I have very mixed feelings about Patrick Reed. I don't know how you feel because um, he was Captain America at that Riders Cup. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was so cool. And then there's just cheating allegations, and he he just up and down in my book. Um, I go back and forth on him. Yeah, I agree. He's kind of one of those guys where it's like, you know, flavor of the week at an ice cream yeah. parlor. It's like, you know, how is For he? Sure. How is he? Kind of, you know carrying himself this week as opposed to the following week it's one of those things where he's a guy that you know you either you either really love him or you really just don't like him but then there's that group of people that I think are right in the middle and it it really depends on just you know how he's carrying himself um but yeah I mean for him to finish top 10 I think was pretty cool and I think the guy he one of the guys he tied with uh has you you have to be a golfer with the name Webb Simpson. Uh, you're yep. either a golfer or you're like a left-handed pitcher uh, in the Tampa Bay Rays organization, one of the two. But uh, for Webb Simpson to go minus four um, in the final round and then, you know, to finish minus nine, really good on him. Bunch of uh, American representation, then a lot of international representation throughout the top yeah, 10 Yeah, it, well. like it seems like a higher uh, international uh, representation in the top 10, top 15. And I think we'd probably be used to just given, I don't know, usually how it plays out. Uh, one of those one of those international guys, Cam Smith, four rounds in the 60s for the first time ever, which to do that and to not win is just crazy. Um, so four rounds in the 60s, hell of an achievement. Really seems like he's not going away after that. That's That's talent and just understanding the course that I don't think goes away. Yeah, that was one of those things where – I put myself in his shoes and to, to think I set that record, you know, four rounds in the sixties and I still finish five back of the winner. Like how happy are you for yourself that you did finish obviously tied for second, but also how like frustrated are you that you do all yeah. that to not win? That's gotta to, be like to still be five strokes back is crazy. It's wild. And just a testament to how how on DJ was. Um yeah, uh, we talked about earlier. When DJ is on, pretty much no one that can compete. Uh, he just he just dominates the course. A lot of people talked about. He just I don't know. <laughs> he just makes the game simple. Um, his A game, I would say, probably up there with Rory McIlroy, 
if Rory can put together four, if he's on his A game, it's Rory and DJ in my mind for the best in the world. Um, obviously, there's some guys close, but I think their A games just top the others. Uh, we saw DJ's A game this weekend was five strokes better than anyone else. So great to see. I also found it hilarious how many times guys were like in the bushes this weekend. Yeah. Like the amount of times that we saw just like screenshots of people's broadcasts and stuff of guys looking for their balls in the bushes, shout out Manscaped, uh, was absolutely just hilarious because I don't think we've it was seen incredible. that many guys at one time just like hitting the living hell out of the ball, but then it just going absolutely nowhere it was either going in the bushes or in the in you know water and everything it was it was pretty funny to you know see these guys be like us and and be normal humans yeah no for sure i, I think that might be a, it's probably a mix of not having patron uh, so patrons for the masters uh having patrons there just kind of different like sometimes i might hit someone stay in it, it just seems to vary that, that was funny to see they're just the memes of bryson rory in the woods they're just um, like i don't know yeah pretty solid <laughs> uh, uh and i i think the the mic'd up at the masters was just fantastic so good i don't know if it was a glitch or what but thursday i was able to watch without any commentators all i heard was just the shots player conversations with their caddies which was pretty awesome i always find it super interesting when they're talking about what they're thinking for a shot just that's such a different way of playing the game. I step up there and I'm like, all right, please, for the love of God, just hit the thing straight. They're thinking about every every possible aspect. What's the wind doing? If I cut it this way, draw it this way. It, that should be so, a that so should cool be like see. an option for viewing yeah. golf on TV. Like how they have like the Amazon Prime broadcast for like Thursday night football where you can get this broadcast crew or this broadcast crew or this one. You should be able to have one where it is strictly no commentary and just whatever is going on in the golf course to listen to. Cause For I sure. think that would be such a, I guess a way it would be like an analytical approach to it because you're listening in to what golfer and caddy are, are saying and kind of discussing. And then you're also getting like, you know, the natural ambiance and noise of the, of the golf course, which I think is super soothing to just listen to. Um, but to kind of get like that, inside the mind type, you know, feel of, of what golfer and caddy are discussing on each hole. That should absolutely be a broadcast move going forward. For sure. And granted a lot of, a lot of golfers seem to be kind of opposed to that. They say it's part of their, I don't know, it's part of their thought process. They don't kind of want that getting out there, which I get, but if you can find some guys that don't mind, that'd be so cool to see. There was one shot on, I think it might've been 12 or eight or nine. I forget what hole, but, it was just JT talking to his caddy about what he thinks the yardage is. Obviously, they can't use rangefinders, so it's just cool to see their process. They're like, well, it's probably 88 playing 85. What do you think if I had a wedge this way? Like, I, I just think that's so cool to see. It's just such a such an advanced way of playing the game that so many, 99.9% of golfers just don't play that way. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's cool to see. It's cool to hear about. Um, so I would love that moving forward. Do I think it happens? Probably not. Um, just because I think a lot of players want their privacy. I think it would be cool to have it too, because it's not like you know team sports where you're kind of disclosing strategy that other teams can then use in the future against you yeah. per se. Because it is such an individualized sport where it's like you're not playing golf against you know it's it's not like Tiger versus DJ where if DJ does this, it's going to prevent Tiger from doing something else. Um, in a sense, so I mean, I think it's something where it could work if, if they did come to an agreement on it, but, um, I think it's one of those things where we're still a ways away from it, but it would be absolutely incredible. Even if it was like a, a thing where, you know, CBS all access has it and you have to have kind of that paywall for it or whatever. Um, I feel like that's something they would absolutely do to <laughs> just get more people to pay for that type of access. But yeah, I, I think it's something that. It also introduces a different aspect of the game that, like you said, 99.9% of people who play golf don't really, you know, take it into account of, you know, just the way that these guys are playing. So I think it would be a super interesting aspect to add to a broadcast. Yeah, I mean, it just gives you an insight into just how how precise these guys are, how smart they are, Every like 
it's cool to see because usually when you don't get that kind of access, you just see, hey, you stepped up, bombed at 350 and then hit a wedge close. Like you can see that. It, I think it's different when you hear just exactly their plan. Um, talking through with the caddies, it's just, it's so cool to me. I, I love that aspect of it. Would love to see it. Yeah. Um, um, how I, We brought up a little bit before with, with DJ and his brother. I thought that interaction was just brother of the year type stuff. Um, yeah. And DJ talked about it in the clubhouse too. He said, you know, he started tearing up uh, on that final hole and was like, hey, I still got to play this out. Like, I can't be out here like tearing up. Um, but yeah. to kind of see that and just know that like how close those two are and, you know, the the journey that it's been for them to finally get to, you know, this goal for Dustin Johnson to win the Masters so close to home too. Um, I thought it was a really like awesome, you know, cherry on top to this feel good story of Dustin Johnson finally getting the green jacket. Hundred percent, I love seeing that. Just guys showing emotion, whether it's positive or negative. Um, but DJ always kind of had a reputation that people thought of maybe as a robot that he didn't always show that. So that was super awesome to see. Um, love that. On the negative side, I love seeing guys like swear on the course i think it's so funny absolutely i think i think that makes it relatable i think that's funny content um i'll never forget there was there was a video that came out earlier in the year of jt missing a putt and he just goes you fucking kidding me <laughs> um and usually they usually they blur it out but this one somehow made it through and it's just it's so awesome i get the tv rules but if there were a way to do it i would love to see golfers swearing because that's how people play golf like you're not always super thrilled you're almost never super thrilled and you're pretty often using colorful language um yeah i i also always miss 10 foot putts and usually swear after exactly and i i love like the the banter that there is you know between guys if they're walking past each other or whatever like i think we need more of that and we've talked about this on previous episodes you know like when they had the uh you know when rory was playing earlier this year and he was like i'm a two-time fedex cup champion pal like you know like that kind of stuff like fires you up because it's like wow like these guys because i feel like the perception from just kind of casual golf fans who might just be watching because they're betting on it or just because it's on tv it's like you know these guys aren't like competitors like sure they go out and and they do their thing but they're not like fired up like some of these other athletes but when you have this mic'd up aspect and kind of get that inside look to a bunch of these guys they are uber competitive. Like it, it's it's the nature of the game. No matter what sport you're playing, you're always going to get up for it. You're always going to be fired up for it. And to finally kind of get our first glance into it in a, in a weird way, because obviously there's no, you know, patrons, there's no spectators at the courses. It amplifies it that much more. And I think it's, it's been a good introduction for, a lot of young fans and a lot of, you know, people our age to the game where, you know, they want to hear that cursing. They want to hear, you know, guys being normal people on the course and they want to hear them getting fired up because it's relatable content. Yeah, exactly. Couldn't agree more. Um, I think on my end, I got probably one more thing, uh, just how the course played. Um, Honestly, it was a little soft. Like it played a little soft. You could see balls are plugging into greens. There were a few greens that didn't look too too great. But I think when you put into perspective that they had almost no time to get ready for this, that's bad weather. I think it looked and played as good as it possibly could have. Um, like I said, a few greens didn't look too hot, but they basically had to redo the entire place in a very small amount of time, as opposed to what they usually have. So I, I think. That was as good as it could have been. Yeah. Uh, one of my final notes was uh, college game day looked fantastic. It did. On Saturday, the, the set was, awesome. was great. The The football helmets with the Masters logo on them were a fantastic touch. Um, you know, we always get the fun Pat McAfee skits and everything on college game day as well. We had uh, Zito, one of Pat's guys, come in being a caddy at the Masters, quote-unquote, which was absolutely hilarious. Um, overall, I mean, college game day is such a, a spectacle and such a incredible and, and iconic program and to have it at the masters and the way that it went, I thought was absolutely amazing and a job well done by ESPN and a job well done by the people at Augusta to, you know, have that set up for them. And, um, 
just a, a great crossover that I think will definitely be remembered uh, as one of, you know, just one of the awesome little niche things of the 2020 Masters. Like you said, it's going to be the November Masters, DJ breaking records, uh, Smith setting the, you know, four rounds under 60 record, um, you know, Tiger looking locked in and Tiger hitting a 10. You know, there's a lot of these like little mini storylines underneath everything of Dustin Johnson winning that I think this Masters is going to go down as one of the most memorable Masters of all time. Agreed. Um, for better or for worse, hopefully, probably for better with all those little things, like you said. Um, yeah. And then be... we get in five months, which is exciting. Exactly. Super excited for that. Um, yeah. I Hopefully, fingers crossed, I can have patrons. It's not looking great, but maybe. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, a, a vaccine comes through and it's a, you know, an effective vaccine not something that's rushed to market and uh, we'll be able to, you know, start getting back on track across the board with, with real life and having fans in the stands everywhere and kind of enjoying sports uh, the way that we have for, you know, the existence of time since fans have been in stands. <laughs> for sure. I, I think a lot of guys talked about it, that it was, it was so different not having them there. I think JT was one of them. Just, they all feed off of that energy. Mm-hmm. Um that when you when you make a long putt, you know, hear hear that roar, it's just a little bit different. Obviously, we don't really know what that's like just being crack golfers and playing in front of anyone, but I would imagine like you hear that roar, you're like, oh, all right, let's do this. Like it, it just gets you jacked up externally, which um should be cool to see again. I know I've long been on the boat of it's cool to see no fans there, but I'm kind of I think turning around on that at this point. Like it does seem to lack some of some of the excitement. I know there's a lot of storylines. Cool to see DJ win with his brother and Paulina right there, but it it just seemed different. Like I can't imagine last year's historic emotional Masters win for Tiger without fans there. It just it just seemed so different. And I think DJ, I don't know, they would have they wouldn't have been nearly as big because DJ versus Tiger, but I think it still lacked a little bit of that uh, excitement personally. It would have been interesting to see too if there were fans there if DJ still does what he did. That's true. You know, who knows if, if there are fans there, if, you know, some idiot kind of yells out and gets DJ off his mark. You know, I wonder if him, you know, obviously he said it, it was different without fans there, but I wonder if there being no fans there, if he was locked in more and, you know, less distraction around him to just be like laser focused and being like, all right, let's 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 just go do this thing. And uh, to finish two under the, the Masters record uh, of minus 18 and minus 20 now, being the new record, I think, you know, who knows if that played a factor, but it, it could be something that, you know, played into the equation of a minus 20 hitting the board at Augusta. For sure. It'll be cool to see. Excited we having it in five months. Fingers crossed for patrons. We'll uh, hopefully get back to some normal golf. Yeah. Um, I think that's it for me. Yeah. Make sure you guys are uh, checking us out on social media at getting the whole pod on Twitter and on Instagram. You can follow Jack's on Twitter at Jack's Michelson. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. And you can follow the network on Twitter at UndergroundPHI, Twitter and Instagram for that one. And make sure you check out our website, UndergroundSportsPhiladelphia.com. I'm sure with the offseason coming up, we'll have some written golf content, just kind of previewing, you know, next year's Masters and, you know, just any fun, quirky stories that come across the way. And uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app, and if it is Apple Podcasts, drop a five-star rating and review. Let us know your thoughts on the 2020 Masters, on Dustin Johnson's win, anything that stood out to you uh, from the past weekend with the 2020 Masters now in the book and what you're looking forward to for 2021. But five stars only because we have standards, and those are Dustin Johnson's standards, and those are five stars. You can also check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and uh, we should be on some new podcast platforms heading into the new year as well. So stay tuned for those. And uh, twitch.tv slash underground sports PHI is where you can check out our guy Steven Schneider playing PGA Tour 2K21. My man is 6 for 6 in making cuts on uh, the tournaments he's been playing in online. So it's electric stuff. You don't want to miss it. Twitch.tv slash underground sports PHI is the channel. Hit the follow button over there. And uh, we got a bunch of content coming out very soon. A lot of good stuff planned for the new year as well. 
to look forward to. So uh, don't know when we'll be recording again, but I'm sure we'll let you guys know. That's why you got to follow us on social. It's the best way to stay up to date. And uh, we'll have some fun stuff, you know, during the quote unquote off season uh, to kind of just, you know, shoot the shit, discuss golf, um, any new, you know, equipment that drops, anything like that. And obviously we'll be talking uh, whenever it drops about the Tiger Woods documentary on HBO because it's going to be absolutely incredible. We'll be reviewing it on here from a golf perspective and then from a uh, documentary viewing perspective over on our streaming platform podcast streamer season. So a lot of content is definitely coming your way. And if we know Jax, he loves Tiger Woods content. So he's <laughs> going to be pumped for that one. Um, but yeah, Dustin Johnson, congratulations on the win. And if any golfers during the quote unquote off season want to come on the pod, we're, uh, we're open for business. So hit us up. Perfect time for it. Exactly. He, I'm sure you got nothing better to do than come sit with just a bunch of, you know, scratch golfers that uh you know play like absolute shit compared to you guys but it'd be an absolute blast if anybody wants to come on uh we're open for business dm us on the social <laughs> uh shout out to our sponsors as well tomahawk shades and manscaped same promo code on both websites usp on tomahawk shades website you're gonna get 25 percent off your order at checkout and at manscaped.com you're gonna get 20 percent off and free shipping with the promo code USP. It's been the Masters recap of getting the whole podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Jax, I'm KB. We're signing off. Peace.